Well, hello and welcome to another installment of Reformation South. We are going to be out of town for the next few days, and I haven't um, recorded an episode this week, so I wanted to hop on here um, and knock another installment out. This one is going to build off of the last episode. So if you haven't been uh, following along and haven't been uh, or haven't had a chance to catch the last installment, to be or not to be, but it's to be biblical or not to be. I would encourage you to check that one out. Give it a listen. Let us hear your thoughts. Give us some feedback on that one. This episode is going to build off of that one a bit because in that one, we covered things like the sinner's prayer, asking Jesus into your heart, giving your life to Christ, all of these uh, common catchphrases, Christian lingo uh, that we use within Christendom within the modern church, and we asked the question, are these things biblical? They're not. We talked about that in the last episode. If you're interested in that, um, go check it out. And again, let us hear your thoughts. We always want to hear feedback. This is not going to be just a standalone episode. This is going to be a part of a series that we hope to accomplish. Um, I don't know how many installments there's going to be in this series, but in just writing down some notes and trying to prep for some sermons and some podcasts and uh, just ministry. Um, It hit me coming off of that last episode that it may be beneficial uh, since we did an episode on things that we have within the church that aren't biblical, can't be grounded in scripture. Then it may be beneficial for us to go through and have a little series on what we need the most. And Reformation South, obviously, our blanket answer to that, uh, and really the true answer to that is, well, we just need the word. Um, But for sake of breaking that down a little bit and uh, putting it in bite-sized pieces, so to speak, um, I figured it would be good if we did a little series, what we need most. And we're going to start that with this episode, which is just going to be on the gospel. So the way we're going to do this episode, we're going to um, give a few phrases, statements um, that are going to encapsulate the gospel. Because you may be listening to this and you say, okay, well, um, I just need something really quick, something that I can... memorize something that I can just keep with me and, and, and break it down to help me whenever I have an opportunity to share the gospel or to minister uh, or to share Christ, whatever that may look like, something quick that we can break down uh, and, it, and it's easy to remember. Then as we go throughout the episode, we'll come back to these statements and we will dig a little deeper. So uh, trying to, you know, whatever Um, whatever place you're in mentally, spiritually, uh, in, in ministry, uh, wherever you're at, you know, if you say, well, I just, it really helps me to have something really simple, really straightforward that I can always keep with me. And then if the con, if the conversation grows, or if I have more time to spend with that person, then we can unpack it. Then we're going to give that. If you're the type of person, well, if you're the type of person that says, well, I like to dig a little bit deeper. And I always like to make sure I have enough time to really unpack uh, and really go deep into some connections. We're going to try to give 
more details and dig a little bit deeper on each of these statements as well. But at the end of the day, guys, this is really, uh, this is not groundbreaking. <laughs> this is not um, something new. We're, we're literally just talking about the gospel. And sadly, there are many, many Christians, some pastors, some just everyday church members that we we get the gospel confused. We we get the gospel, um, we muddy it up. And again, this does connect and build off of the last episode. Sometimes we just, we present the gospel in a way that is not faithful to the scripture. And anytime we're presenting a gospel that is not faithful to the scripture, that is not faithful to the way that Christ himself presented the gospel or the apostles or, or, or anything that we have recorded for us in scripture, if we present a gospel that's not faithful to that, well, then the chances are we're presenting a false gospel. Uh, again, we talked extensively last episode about um, telling somebody that, hey, you asked Jesus into your heart, therefore you're saved. Nope. Hey, you said the sinner's prayer, therefore you're saved. Nope. So again, what do we need most? Well, let's start right here with the gospel. I uh, pray that this is beneficial and helpful, helpful for everybody. By the way, I know that probably most of our listeners are believers. We are firm believers in uh, the statement that Christians should be in the habit of preaching the gospel to themselves every single day. Uh, the gospel is not just for evangelism to go and share with the non-believer. The gospel is for us as God's children to remind ourselves each and every day of how great a salvation God has given us through his sovereign grace and through his decision to be merciful and gracious and his good pleasure to save. Uh, and we should be humbled by that and we should rejoice each and every day. But let's get into this. So the first statement uh, when we're talking about the gospel, the first statement that we're going to bring up is simply this. Christ has come. Christ is born. We've got Christmas coming up. We, we celebrate the birth of Christ. So let's start there. The good news is that Christ has come. Christ is born. And someone may say, well, why is that good news? So here's the follow-up statement to that. Why is it good news that Christ has come, that Christ was born? Why is that good news? Well, because he is the Messiah. He is the Redeemer. He is the promised one, um, the deliverer, and he is savior. So the follow-up question to that will be, okay, savior from what? He's the redeemer. What do I need to be redeemed from? He's the deliverer. Why do I need deliverance? You know, why do I need to be saved? So the next statement to follow that up is, uh, he is the savior. He saves from sin, from the penalty of sin, namely the wrath of God. Um, so Christ has come. Christ is born. He is the savior. He's the redeemer. He's the savior from sin. Savior from the wrath of God. So the rebuttal to that, well, why does that concern me? Uh, well, because he is savior, and he saves from sin, that statement, that news, that proclamation um, is important for all people everywhere at all times. That statement is always relevant. 
that statement affects all people everywhere. Um, all people everywhere, whether they realize it or not, have a connection with that statement because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So Christ has come. He is the Savior. He's the Deliverer. He's the Messiah. He's the Redeemer. Um, he redeems us. He saves us from sin, the penalty, the punishment of sin, namely the wrath of God. Why is that important? Because all have sinned. All have fallen short of the glory of God. All are sinners. All are under the wrath of God. Therefore, it is good news that Christ has come and that he is the Savior, that he is the Redeemer. So then the rebuttal to all of that may simply be, right, I, I get what you're telling me. I understand your little presentation that you just shared with me, but the bottom line is this. I don't believe that. I don't believe in God. I don't believe I need to be saved. I don't believe I need a redeemer. Therefore, I don't believe that this is really good news. And so the last statement is simply this. That's the problem. You must be born again, right? So Christ has come. He is the redeemer. He is savior. He is Lord. But Christ has come. He is savior. He saves us from sin, the penalty of sin, namely the wrath of God. That's important because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So the good news is for everyone. We, we share that proclamation with everyone. And to the non-believer, we would add the statement, that's the problem. You don't believe. You must be born again. Uh, all who believe will be saved. All who do not believe are condemned already. Um, so I know I've already repeated a good bit, but after this, we're going to start unpacking these phrases. So one more time, Christ has come. He is savior. He saves us from our sin, saves us from the penalty of sin, namely the wrath of God. That is important for all people everywhere because all have fallen short of the glory of God and are under the wrath of God. For the one who says, well, I don't believe in any of that. We say, that's the problem you must be born again. All right, so now let's start going through all of these things and give some scripture references. And I know guys on a, I guess in practice, you know, sometimes we get into conversations. A lot of times we didn't even see the conversations coming. And sadly, I know lots of people, myself included, I still find myself in situations where it's just like, I don't even have a Bible in my car. Um, you know, thank, thank goodness in, in, in some ways that we, you know, we can just pull out our phone and get any translation of scripture that we need on the fly. Um, but I know there's sometimes that it's just like, man, I can't think of that verse that I'm trying to think of. I can't think of this reference or, or whatever else, but know this, it is of utmost importance, guys. We need to know, um, the word. I know that it becomes real easy to just say, well, when I'm sharing the gospel with somebody, I just, you know, I give them, I give them the most important thing. You're a sinner. Jesus died for your sins. It, repent and believe and you'll be saved. Um, and yes, those are the bullet points. We just gave our own bullet points for this episode. I understand that, but it's so very important for us as Christians. We need to know uh, just for ourselves we need to know and be familiar with the word and it is always best. It is much better to be able to tell others, 
hey, here's this statement, but I'm also going to give you some scripture. We might not have a Bible here with us right now, but please, I would greatly encourage you when you're at home, when you're on your cell phone, Google these verses and read them. Point people to the word. Point people to the truth of the word of God. So um, now we'll unpack these things just a bit. So Christ has come. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, um, Paul gives what I often refer to as like one of the most succinct uh, presentations of the gospel, of all of the truths uh, that, that we would point to as believers um, here in 1 Corinthians 15, um, in verse three, it says, for I delivered to you as of first importance, what I also received that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scripture, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scripture and that he appeared, um, to Cephas and then to the 12. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Um, and then, and then he goes on, but the, the two biggest statements that he makes there, Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scripture, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scripture. So Christ has come, he is born. Not only that though, we know that Christ was crucified. Not only that, we also know that after the crucifixion, three days later, he arose. So all these things are very important. Why are they important? Paul says twice, according to the scriptures. When we search the scripture, when we are, when we're talking to a non-believer and by God's grace, we have an opportunity to not only point them to scripture, but maybe even sit down and look at the word of God with them. We as believers, we have this amazing, beautiful, miraculous opportunity to share the eternal truth of salvation, to share the eternal truths of Christ and his finished work upon the cross with believers and non-believers alike. But of course, for the sake of this episode, we are, it's more geared toward actually sharing the gospel, reminding ourselves of it, but sharing the gospel with non-believers as well. And, and, and this is it right here. Christ uh, died for our sin in accordance with the scripture. So if, if any, maybe you're having a conversation with someone and if anybody has the rebuttal or has the, the question, well, so why was it important that he died to begin with? You're telling me that it's a really big deal that not only was Christ born, but that he died upon the cross. Well, why is that a big deal? And I would challenge you, Christian, ask yourself that right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. Hit pause and ask yourself the question, why is it important that Christ died? And think about it. See if you can come up with any scriptural answers to that question. See if you see how many scripture references you can think of that that can support and uphold the truth that it's important that we tell others that Christ died for sins. Um, so yeah, for real. Pause this. Turn me off. Think about that. Think about that question for a minute and see what you can come up with. But we need to be able to explain that to others. And Paul says here, according to the scriptures. Well, so that gives us a cue. Uh, that gives us a pointer. We say, okay. Well, is there any? 
is there any text in scripture that talks about the importance or the significance of Christ dying for sin, not just dying, but dying for sin. And I would just point to um, Isaiah 53. Um, Go read Isaiah 53, um, read it in its entirety, but he, um, he was bruised for our transgression. The chastisement that was upon him brought us peace by his wounds. We are healed. Um, and so, yeah, I would highly encourage you go read Isaiah 53. Uh, if you're taking notes during this episode, I would encourage you write down Isaiah 53. So, you know, um, to look at it later on. Um, I did just quote, paraphrase a portion of it, but let me actually get there. I want to read a few of those verses from Isaiah 53. Um, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. So just like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, he died for our sins according to the scripture. This is the reason why Christ has come. That's the reason that he died upon the cross. He died for the sins of all who believe. He died, and and just as believers, we know that scripturally we could really unpack that. We know that there was a people that was given to the Son before the foundation of the world, and these are the ones that he purchased their redemption upon the cross. Um, We know that that Christ says that all that the Father gives me will come to me. We know in John 10 that he says, I lay down my life for the uh, the sheep. Uh, I have sheep who are not of this fold. I must bring them in also. They will listen to my voice. They will follow me. Um, We could really dive deep, deep, into that one. Um, but right now, just using 1 Corinthians 15 and Isaiah 53, um, Christ bore the sins of his people. He was pierced for our transgressions. Uh, it, it was the will of the Lord to crush him. It was the will of the Father to crush the Son for the redemption of his people. All who believe will be saved. So that's why it's important. Christ has come. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He was tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Um, He was like a lamb led to the slaughter. Um, He opened not his mouth. When he was reviled, he didn't revile back. When he was accused, he didn't uh, threaten. Um, He he opened not his mouth. he willingly laid down his life for the sheep and he was crucified. He was buried, uh, but he is risen. He did not stay dead. He did not stay in that tomb. He is risen indeed. Uh, So he has conquered sin and death for us. Christ has come. He is born. He was crucified. He died for our sins according to the scripture. Then 
He was buried. He was raised on the third day, according to the scripture. And again, with this repetition of according to the scripture, this this shows God's faithfulness to his people. And it shows God's faithfulness to save that which is his. These things were prophesied. These things were talked about in the Old Testament. And Paul here is giving a testimony to that, saying, hey, all of this is according to what God had already told us. All of this is in accordance to what God had already spoken. God is faithful. Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he rose the third day, just like God said it would happen. Um, we know that, that the non-believers have many rebuttals and many reasons. They're faulty reasons, but the non-believer has many reasons why they don't believe. And many would say, well, I don't believe in God. I don't believe that the Bible is the word of God. And all of those things are are uh, topics that we will, we will cover at some point that fall under the, the umbrella of apologetics, how to defend the faith. Um, but for sake of this episode, we are just really trying to hone in on the gospel. So I know there's all sorts of different scenarios that we could try to play out when we're thinking about witnessing to others and sharing the gospel with others. I promise you we're going to do multiple episodes on apologetics, how to defend the faith, um, and and those things are coming if, if that's something that interests you. Um, some of y'all may hear that and say, oh, I'm so happy he just said he's not diving into that on this episode because that's not something that I want to get into right now. That's great. This episode, the gospel, apologetics, will come later on. We'll have uh, plenty of episodes on apologetics. But for the sake of this episode, we've covered 1 Corinthians 15, Isaiah 53. Christ died for our sin according to the scripture. He was buried. He rose the third day according to the scripture. It is important that we proclaim the truth that Christ has come with the world around us. Uh, Christ has come. That's good news. That is good news. Because if, if, if Christ has come, if, if Christ was born of a virgin, lived a spotless, sinless life, laid down, a, laid down that life upon the cross, uh, was buried and has risen again, then it is important what Jesus himself says about why he came, about why he was on this earth, what his mission was, what his purpose was. And we know that that purpose was to save uh, that which was given to him by the Father, uh, to purchase the redemption of his people uh, for the salvation of all who would ever believe. Um, so that leads us into the next you know, the next little portion here. Why is that good news? Why is it good news that Christ is born, that Christ has come? Because he is the savior, because he is the redeemer. In 1 Timothy 2.5, we see that Christ is the mediator. Uh, so this is important. Again, we should say, well, if he's the mediator, we should probably get to know this mediator. Why do we need a mediator? Are we in opposition with God? Are we enemies of God? Yes, we are. The Bible is clear on that. Those who are in sin are under the wrath of God. So Christ has come. That's good news because he is the Messiah. He is the Savior. Um, he is mediator. We need to understand these things. He saves us from what? He saves us from sin uh, the penalty of sin, namely the wrath 
of God. So Christ has come. We looked at 1 Corinthians 15. We also looked at Isaiah 53. Uh, he was pierced for our transgressions. transgressions. He died for our sins, according to the scripture, uh, was buried, rose the third day, according to the scripture. Uh, why is that good news? Because he's the Messiah. He's the Savior. He's mediator. Um, that's good news because we need saving. We are enemies of God. I want to hone in on that mediation aspect. Um, if we're sharing the gospel with someone, then it, it is important that the sinner needs to know we are in opposition to God. We are enemies to God. So again, it's very important um, to know what Jesus himself would have said that his purpose was, the, the, the meaning, the reason why he was here. When he, when he said that he must be about the Father's business, well, what was that? And again, to purchase um, the redemption of his people. So there is a mediator between God and man. So if we are in opposition to God and that uh, there needs to be a settlement between two opposing parties, then we should probably know, um, number one, if we have a mediator, and then if we do, um, how, do we, how do we come to a settlement? How are we made right with our uh, opposer, so to speak? Uh, namely, when we're talking about the gospel, how is the guilty sinner made right before a holy God? So guilty sinner, holy God, there's a great chasm there. Uh, how is that problem of sin remedied? And the answer is Jesus Christ. Uh, how else, how else can a sinner's relationship and standing before God be reconciled? How, how many ways can a guilty sinner be made right with God? And the answer is one, Christ alone. That's it. Uh, and for that, we can go to the most famous verse in scripture, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, and he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believes will never perish, but have eternal life. And a lot of people, if you were to ask them what the gospel is, they would probably take you to John 3, 16. Uh, but that's why we're here kind of unpacking it and going a little bit deeper with this because it, it, it does say plainly, Christ says plainly, whosoever believes will not perish. Well, but what do we believe? What What is, what's underneath that word believe? Just believe that Jesus was a real person? Just believe that he walked this earth that he died on a cross, just believing the basic facts about Christ? Or is it believing that he truly was and is who he says he is? That he truly is Lord? That he alone um, made atonement for our sins? That he alone is the propitiation for sin? Uh, that he alone... Uh, accomplishes the salvation of his people, that we we can't make ourselves right with God, but through the finished work of Jesus Christ, we are made right with God. In fact, his righteousness is actually credited to our account. Uh, but in simplicity, you know, if we're if we're just talking to someone who is unsaved, we would say, look, guilty sinner, 
You need to be made, you need to be made right before a holy God, and your only hope of salvation is Jesus Christ and his finished work upon the cross because his work upon the cross paid the penalty of sin. His work upon the cross um, satisfied the wrath of God for all who would ever believe. And, and that's it. All who believe, and here again, we could, we could dive into something deeper here, but I'm just gonna leave it at this. Even if you... Even if you were just to look at that in, in, in very simplistic terms, Jesus died for the sins of all who ever believe. All who believe are saved. Well, that, that's, a, that's a limited number of people. So that begs the question, well, what about those who don't believe? What about those who are still in their unbelief? Well, if you read past John three sixteen and read verses 17 and 18 as well, you would read that those who do not believe are condemned already. Right? So ultimately, there's just two groups of people. There's believers and there's non-believers. Believers are redeemed, saved. Uh, Christ, as our mediator, makes intercession for us and peace has been made between us and God through the shed blood of the lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. He's our mediator. He makes intercession for us. Now, on the other side of that, there's the unbeliever who is still under the wrath of God um, still dead in their trespasses and sin. Jesus is still the only mediator between God and man. Any unbeliever who comes to Christ, who comes to that mediator in repentance and faith, will find that they have been made right with God through the sacrifice of Christ the Son. So Christ has come. That's good news. Why is it good news? Because he is the Savior. He is the Redeemer. He is the only mediator between God and man. And as the mediator between God and man, he has made um, the atoning sacrifice uh, for the sins of all who ever believe. And that sacrifice was acceptable, was pleasing to God. It was, it was accepted to God uh, as atone or accepted by God as the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the people. So that is wonderful news. That is miraculous news that sinners can be made right with a holy God through the person and the finished work of Jesus Christ. So back to the next rebuttal that we covered when we were just going through the bullet points there. Let's say that the non-believer says, well, why does any of that concern me? You're, you're telling me that it's good news that Christ has come, that he died on the cross according to the scriptures or he died for sins according to the scriptures that he was buried that he rose again the third day you're telling me that that's good news because he's the savior because he's the only mediator between god and man and as that mediator as the good shepherd as jesus christ he laid down his life upon the cross for the sins of all who ever believe and all who believe will be saved that he he satisfied the wrath of god on our behalf but why does any of that concern me directly? And with that, we would simply say, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All includes each and every individual. And ultimately, we could even go, we could even go to Romans 5, where it says that Adam, as a type of Christ, that through his sin, death entered into the world, but that in that passage, Paul says, in Adam, all sinned. 
Um, Paul in Corinthians says, and Adam all die. So the, the biblical teaching is that Adam was our representative. Uh, Adam is a type of Christ. And as that type of Christ, um, what he did, what he does affects all of us. What he did, what he does leaves us an inheritance, if you will. So Adam, as our representative, rebelled against God. Uh, he broke the law of God. He went against God. Therefore, as our representative, when he fell, we fell. His disobedience is credited to us. His, his spiritual death is credited to us. So uh, to put it very loosely, um, not trying to be irreverent or anything like that, but to put it loosely, Adam left us a pretty crappy inheritance. From Adam, we inherit sin and death, okay? Now that is Adam as a type of Christ. Go to Romans 5 if you wanna read about that in more detail, Romans 5. But Adam is a type of Christ. So now let's look at Christ himself. Christ is our representative before God. Now with, with Christ, we have the most magnificent, eternal um, blessing and inheritance that you could possibly imagine. Adam as a type of Christ, remember, he left us an inheritance of sin and death. Christ leaves us an inheritance of eternity eternal life, and all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. You, you don't have to be a genius to figure out which inheritance is better, right? So, but, but the issue is, is the word representative or federal head, if you want to, if you want a more heady, weighty term. But Adam as our representative leaves us sin and death. Christ as our representative grants us, leaves us life. And his righteousness, whereas Adam's disobedience and sin is credited to our account, we're born in sin. Christ's obedience and Christ's righteousness is credited to our account through the new birth. Um, and we are born again. We're literally made new. We're made a new creation. Um, and so that... Uh, clearly is quite important. When, when we talk about why does that concern each and every individual, because every single individual is born in sin with Adam as their representative. Unless we have Christ as our representative um, and we receive his inheritance of eternal life, freedom from sin, freedom from the penalty of sin, um, then we are still under the wrath of God. We are still dead in our trespasses and sin. And this is why it's important to be able to explain these things to the believer uh, that, you know, regardless of if you say you're a good person or you think you're a good person, uh, at the end of the day, we really have all fallen short of the glory of God. In Romans, in Romans 3, let me turn there real quick. Um, in Romans 3, Paul actually uh, refers back to the Old Testament here. Um, but in verse 10 of Romans 3, he says, None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. 
Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. Okay, there it is. The whole world may be held accountable to God. And that's not a that's not a maybe. Well, the whole world might be. No, that's the whole world is accountable before God. So somebody says, well, why does that concern me? Well, you're a sinner. And the bad news is you're under God's wrath. You are born dead in your trespasses and sin. And that's bad news because you need peace to be made between you and God. Oh yeah, that's right. We talked about that. Jesus is the mediator. Uh, Jesus is savior. Jesus is the redeemer. Remember, we talked about that good news. We... We talked about how that is good news and it, this does very much concern you because you need to hear this good news because of that bad news that we were just talking about that, hey, all who believe will be saved, but all who don't believe, they're condemned already, right? And the condemnation is this, that they love darkness. They love their wicked works more than they loved truth, more than they loved light, more than they loved Christ, right? There is no love uh there is no fear of god before their eyes and so that's the bad news and that is what makes this news about jesus christ such good news because if you were to say well okay i'm a sinner god is holy is there any way that i could be made right with god the answer is well, yes, that's what we've been talking about this entire time right now. Jesus Christ has been born. Christ has come. That's good news because he is Savior. He's the Redeemer. He's the, he's the only mediator between God and man. And as that mediator, as that, um, as that Savior, as our representative, he laid down his life for the sins of all who ever believe. He laid down his life for the, life of the, uh, for the sheep. And all who come to him will find him to be that perfect savior. The atoning sacrifice has been made. The wrath of a holy God has been satisfied uh, for those who believe. So we come through all of that. Uh, and so far, I guess, as far as scripture references go, when in 1 Corinthians 15, Isaiah 53, um, 1 Timothy 2, 5, John chapter 3, as far as just referencing things, you know, John 6, John 10, Ephesians 1, Ephesians 2, Romans 3, Romans 5, if I haven't said that already, um, just throughout the scriptures, you'll see these things. Um, but if someone says, okay, here's the thing though, you make a pretty compelling argument, but I don't, I don't believe that the things that you're talking about are real. I don't believe that I have to answer to this higher power that you call God. I don't really believe that I'm this bad, terrible sinner like you're telling me. So none of what you're saying actually applies to me. Um, 
and 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 that's why I don't believe any of this stuff. I mean, I, I, if I don't believe it, it doesn't apply to me. And if it doesn't apply to me, then I don't really have to believe it, right? And so at that point, and I'm sure you're already one step ahead of me here, uh, we've already talked about how the good news of Jesus Christ does concern and apply to everyone. We do share that good news with everyone. It does. It is relevant for everyone, whether they realize it or not. So we don't have to change our game plan. We don't have to change our strategy like, oh, let me come. Well, this person is saying that the Bible doesn't apply to them. So let me see if I can use something. No, you still keep using scripture. You still keep sharing the truth. Um, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So we don't, uh, Vodibachum, and I'm going to butcher this, but there's this famous little quote that he has that like, we can't, we, we can't just, um, the sword is our only weapon. We can't just put our sword away because someone says we can't use it or like that's not allowed. You, you still wield the sword. Uh, that's our weapon. That's what we use. I know that I butchered that. I haven't watched that clip in so long. It's a really good clip. I need to go back and rewatch it. Um, so you keep using scripture because whether or not the unbeliever thinks that it applies to them or concerns them or not isn't the issue. The issue is we know that this is the non-believer's only hope of salvation. We know that the gospel is the power of God for salvation. So we can't just step aside from the scriptures and step aside from the gospel and try to just make some common ground connection with the non-believer because, hey, well, maybe if I can become their friend, they'll be more prone to believe later on. You still keep sharing the truth. You share the gospel. You share the hope of Christ. You you, you preach Christ and him crucified. Um, so when someone says, well, I don't believe in all that, the response that we should have is, well, right, that's why Christ said you must be born again. Um, Romans, Romans 1 says that the unrighteous suppress the truth in their unrighteousness, that everybody, everybody knows that God exists uh, because what can be known about him is clearly perceived in nature. So the issue is you're suppressing the truth of God. Um, that, that's the real issue here. Also in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, yeah, the natural man can't understand the spiritual things of God, that the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing, but to those who are called, it's the power of God and salvation. So we as Christians, when someone tells us, well, yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't believe that. I don't think any of that applies to me. I don't think I have to answer to God. I don't think I have to repent of my sin. I think I'm a pretty good person. Like we shouldn't be surprised by that. We shouldn't be thrown off when people reject the gospel. That is, that's par for the course. People, people don't naturally desire God. People don't naturally crave the things of God. People don't naturally um, seek the things of God. Now we are, because Romans one is true and we're suppressing the truth of God, we're suppressing that in our unrighteousness, People do seek out religion. People do seek out to better themselves. And a lot of ways that they better themselves is by trying to do good things, good by the world standards. We try to do good things. We try to find inner peace. We try to 
uh, be accepting and, and loving of a lot of things. And so there, there are things that people will do that seem like they have biblical qualities or Christian-like qualities within them, but people do not naturally seek God, the true God, the holy God of all creation, the sovereign of all creation. People don't naturally seek after God. So, so that's the issue. Somebody says, I don't believe in all this stuff. I don't have to answer to God. Uh, I don't even believe that there is a God. Then the response that we have is, well, yeah, Jesus covered that. That's why you must be born again. That which is flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Um, you've got to be born again. It, it makes sense. Um, you know, you're, you're dead in your trespasses and sin. Um, the sinner has a mind that is futile in its understanding. Uh, we're, we're blind to the truth. Um, Satan has, has literally veiled the gospel. Um, we, we can't see or perceive the truth. Uh, the natural man literally can't understand the spiritual things of God. And, and, and the, the list, the list goes on. Uh, we have a heart of stone uh, that our human heart is deceitful above all things. We're, we're wicked people and wicked people don't desire the things of God. So the Christian rebuttal to that isn't to try to, now it, 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 it's okay to use some, some evidentialist uh, proofs and to still be reasoning with that person. Uh, and say, well, you know, how do you account for this? How do you account for this? You can bring some scientific fact into it and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, all I'm saying is you better not abandon scripture and you better not abandon um, proclaiming the gospel. You're not going to win souls with philosophy or reasoning or logic or common ground. Souls are one through the preaching and teaching and the sharing of the gospel and the preaching and teaching and sharing of the word. So I pray that this episode, that all of this has been beneficial. Uh, I know that's kind of a hard stop, but again, I want to, especially for the sake of this series, I do want to try to be as concise and to the point as possible. I know that there's a lot of other, well, I know um, you might, you might not be thinking this, but I know how my mind works and there's about 15 different uh, shoots, offshoots of this train of thought that um, I've got going on in my head right now. We can go down apologetics. We could go out, we could go down God's sovereignty. We could go down, you know, so many other things. Uh, and uh, trying to rein that in because this episode wanted it to be fully focused upon just the gospel. What do we need most? Christians need to understand what the gospel is and what it is not. Last episode, we covered pretty well, I think, what the gospel is not. And sadly, what the gospel is not is what is most common within the churches now. What is most common within the church is to tell people, ask him into your heart, give your life to Christ, say the sinner's prayer, and that means you're saved. That is not the gospel, but that's what's most common in churches today. What is the gospel is a proclamation that Christ has come. He died according to the scriptures. He died for sins according to the scriptures. He was buried. He rose the third day according to the scriptures. And that's important because we're all sinners. We're all sinners. We're all born dead in our trespasses of sin because of Adam and Eve. 
but Christ is Savior. He's the Redeemer. He's the promised one, Messiah. He's the only mediator between God and man, and that's very important because Christ is also the atoning sacrifice for our sin. He's the propitiation, meaning that he satisfied the wrath of a holy God against our sin. He is the Savior of all who believe. He laid down his life for the sheep. Um, All that the Father gave him will be raised up on the last day. We rejoice in these things. That's good news. And that good news applies to everybody because the bad news is we're all born in sin. We are by nature children of wrath. And even for people that obstinately, arrogantly rebel against the truth of the word of God and say, I will never believe that. I don't believe that. Uh, You can't convince me. You won't convince me. We say, yes, that's the issue. You must be born again. Unless you're born again, you will never see the kingdom of heaven. Unless you are born again, you will never believe. But by God's grace and by his mercy, souls are washed in the regeneration of the spirit through the preaching and teaching of the word of God because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. We need to know what the gospel is and we need to boldly proclaim the gospel to all who have ears. And those that have ears to hear will hear. They'll hear the voice of their shepherd and they will follow him. So I pray that this has been beneficial. Thank you for listening. If you listen to Reformation South and you enjoy it, you appreciate it, or even at the very least, if it gets you thinking, uh, we would love to hear your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Um, You can reach out to me anytime, 912-339-4211. Message us on Facebook. Shoot us an email at properministries at gmail.com. Let us hear from you. Uh, if you do appreciate it, if you do enjoy it, we do, we would humbly ask that you would consider uh, sharing the podcast with some of your friends and family members, sharing the podcast with with, with church family, uh, let other people know that, that we're here. But mainly we pray that you grow and you mature in the faith. Uh, again, Reformation South in pursuit of sound doctrine, church unity and a humble faith. Uh, we, we want to see God work through the preaching and teaching of his word. Uh, in such a way that our areas would be sanctified and purified through the preaching and teaching of the word of scripture alone. And uh, we want to see that sanctification and purification within the church. And we want to see that spill out into the community and through the salvation of souls, through the proclamation of the gospel, our communities would be sanctified and purified through the word of God for the glory of God alone. Um, So thank you guys so much. We do greatly appreciate your time, um, uh, especially at the length that some of these podcasts are. So we love you guys. We're praying for you. Please be praying for us as well. Uh, May God be glorified, and we'll catch you on the next installment of Reformation South.